DBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. Yeah, it's kind of fitting that Lewis uh, dropping the pass on fourth down. <clears throat> just kind of, I don't know, it's just a fitting way for it to, uh, to end today as uh, the our, our beloved Roarange Helmets fall today. Um, not terribly surprisingly, I guess, but um, still, I guess, somewhat disappointingly uh, fall to, well... To zero and four in the division and zero and eleven on the season, a season that has been uh, about as miserable as uh, as any anybody could have expected coming into it, and probably worse than than most people have. Uh, I you know I, I don't <clears throat> consider myself out of that. I would have expected us to have gotten at least a win uh, by now, but uh, just it just didn't work out. Even though we were in this one, um, really kind of a recurring theme. We're saying this every week. We're in this one. Uh, but just couldn't quite, um, you know, make enough plays. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot uh, in this one, just like there is every game, uh, you know, so far this year. It's it's, it's 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 like every game in this way. It didn't seem today's today's miscues were not the same things that happen to us every it's not like there's one thing that happens to us every single game. Like in years past, you look at you know us just getting gashed on the ground. Uh, just getting tore up for huge chunks of yardage, which incidentally did happen today. Um, even though that hasn't been a recurring theme, I just happened to use that as an example. Um, but that really hasn't been a whole lot of things this year that have that have uh, that have hurt us. It's been really primarily bad play from the quarterback, the wide receiver, and the uh, the safety positions. And today it was you know really. I, quarterback position wasn't wasn't uh, that bad uh kaiser played i don't know maybe his best game um you had the the receivers yeah it was a mixed bag um gonna get to all by the way um i want to uh uh talk a little bit about uh thelonious he always mentions me when he does this and and i appreciate this but he and manly kind of both said something about uh what it is that is done here you know, after these games, when I do these broadcasts, and you know, I, I, I feel like it's kind of worth—I um, don't know—I think there's maybe kind of a misconception of what my my aim is here, what my goal is here. Like, as if it's it's my uh, charge or it's my goal to come here after every game and try to find some kind of silver lining, some kind of positive spin. You know, I don't work for the team. I don't have any kind of—I I don't have any fealty to anything other than just. Um, you know the truth of the situation as you know i i don't, I don't want to say the truth as i see it because there's one truth right but i'm just saying there's a there's a perspective on this that is that isn't necessarily just you know everything is um that there is no hope essentially we have lousy people that are running the things they have hired lousy coaches who are bad at coaching and they have also brought in lousy players and we have so we have lousy front office personnel lousy coaches and lousy players and that's why we are bad and I just think that it's a little bit more nuanced than that, particularly at this point in time in the 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 growth of uh, of this franchise. My my only agenda, as it were, 
would be that I just want to see any kind of plan, by, you know, as enumerated or outlined by anybody, to actually have the time that it takes to work out. And obviously, you know, this plan that involves uh, ripping it down to the studs, ripping it all the way, uh, you know, apart, you know, killing the roster that was in place at the end of the 2015 season and replacing it with uh, with what we have now, which is a roster full of budding young stars. Well, I, I, would, I hope a bunch of budding young stars. A lot of people scoff at that notion because you're not seeing a whole lot of them uh, right now, a lot of that uh, uh, caliber of play right now. But that's why I say they're budding. It's it's all very much a work in progress right now, uh, which is you know kind of been the the point for me all year. It's not so. It hasn't been that every game I'm I'm. There have been some games that have been worse than others. This this game for whatever reason I don't really. It's like when I saw Kessler come in in the second quarter. It's like I kind of knew at that point that the game was over. Now as it turned out, you know we end up uh, making making a game out of it, and, and you know we're in it until you know somewhat quasi late. And you know, go over all that um, as we kind of go through the uh, the, the point, blow by blow analysis of, of uh, how it all went down. Um, but I mean, you just you see this team uh, on a week to week basis. I think what what I what I try to do is just kind of review where we are in the whole process, where we are in the um, this this whole thing that started at the beginning of 2016, at the end of 2015, and where we are at this stage into it. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, you know, one in uh, 26 now, and that's the thing that a lot of people kind of... That's a lot of... That's that's kind of the microphone-dropping uh, piece for a lot of people. They just, oh, it's one in 26, that's, and that's it. Um, I, I think that, <clears throat> um, candidly, and and with all due respect, you know, yeah, that's one of those things that we, whenever you say with all due respect, you're allowed to just tear somebody's face off, you know, rhetorically. Uh, with all due respect, I just there is n- I, I just find that just saying that just saying one in twenty six and walking away and dropping the microphone as if the argument is over is just a- about as lazy as you can be. If if you just like don't pay attention to the team and only show up to watch the games on Sunday and don't pay attention to what happens during the week or in the off season, uh, all right, fine. Then then that's you know, and, and actually whatever. I, I don't I'm not begrudging anybody. Um, their their prerogative to to you know judge what has happened over the you know first twenty seven games or however many it's been uh, because you know I, I it, it, the good people can certainly criticize the moves that have been I, I can criticize a lot of the moves not, not to say that I'm a good person I'm just saying I, I don't I'm not in lockstep with everything that's happened I'm just saying there's it's 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 very very short sighted to look at the where we are right now as a franchise and put it exclusively at the feet of the people who are currently running things and i i I found i stumbled upon i think the the best way for for me to illustrate this or at least what i think is the most powerful way to illustrate it and today's game uh, continues along that trend Y'all are very familiar with the Factory of Sadness video. I should probably post it right here and, and actually, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to. It's it's done by Mike Polk. It, it was a who is a comedian, I think. Uh, he 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 was. If you, if you're not familiar with it, just if you're not familiar with it, then when you're done listening to this, or or better yet, pause this and then listen to it. It's it just type in Factory of Sadness into YouTube and it'll come up, you know, right away. And it's only about like a minute and a half long. 
Um, it, it's kind of like the anthem for the. You have to know. I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if, if many people that uh, that I'm here that are listening to me haven't heard the Factory of Sadness. But if you haven't, go back and listen to it. It's kind of like the anthem. It's a guy that, after just frustration built upon frustration, built the front just eons of you know witnessing failure. Um, just, you know, in a fit of, of, of hostile rage goes and, and, and also futility, um, and desperation, you know, go uh, approaches the, the field, the stadium that we play in and uh, basically airs his complaints about the, the futility of the franchise up until that point for, you know, many, many years up till that point. And at the end of it, of course, it's the... <laughs> it's the my, my, I don't want to you know uh, uh, try to give analysis of what it is, but it's essentially a guy that's you know he's he's frustrated. And at the end of it, there's there's a moment where he he says you know you're supposed to, you know sure there's things in life that are uh, that are more important than football, but you're supposed to be our pleasant distraction from that. But instead, all we do is pay you good money to put us in a bad mood. And then you, I'm paraphrasing. So, and then you see this moment where he's you know just kind of in 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 wrapped you know just uh, self. Um, contemplation, just thinking about the decisions he's made in his life, you know, about this team. And it goes on like that from a couple of angles for a couple of seconds, and then he comes back with, you are a factory of sadness! I'll see you Sunday. And that is, it's perfect, right? I mean, it's if, if you've never seen it before, I'm sure that I did not do it justice explaining it just then. Go watch it. It's so worth it if you are a fan of this team, have been a fan of this team for any length of time. The reason that I bring that video up uh, is here we sit here at 0 and 11 on this day. It has been 98 games since that Factory of Sadness video was recorded. And while I'm not going to bother with the actual numbers because it doesn't matter when you're on uh, the spoken word you know, radio anyway, the, the previous 98 games before the Factory of Sadness video was recorded out of you know sheer frustration... Uh, the Browns had a better record than they have had since the 98 games since the or they have had a better record since the the uh, the factory of sadness video was recorded. So we've actually gone backwards over a long. I mean, we're not I mean, there's this, that's not a small sample size. 98 games is what's that? That's uh what uh, it's a uh, 2 4 that's almost 8 years. <laughs> not quite, about 6 years I guess. 7 years. I don't I'm not sure. A lot of games that uh, you know we are we're we're just not it's just not going in, and, and reason I bring that up is because when you start talking about one and twenty six or you know zero and eleven looking at these guys on a pass fail evaluation I think that it's 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 myopic because I think it misses that this is a team that has had you know dysfunction and problems that have made it a terrible terrible football team for reasons that predate literally everybody that is on this team right now it's everybody that's running it everybody that's coaching it it, it predates all of it which isn't to say that it you know that it should take uh this long to turn around or that we should have to be going through what we're going through it's just that for me we are going through what we're going through you know, we didn't have to do this step that we're doing right now, but we did decide to do this, and so this is the road that we're on. 
And so when I come here and I talk about the games when the games are over each week, it's not so that I can get everybody all, you know, riled up and feeling great about the state of the franchise. Because I'm not a shill because I don't have any kind of... I don't really have any skin in the game as far as that goes. I'm just telling you what I think, but it's coming from the standpoint of what I really expected and what any reasonable person should have, or what any person should have reasonably expected, probably a better way of saying that, coming into this year and in after going through this process. And again, it's worth it, it definitely is worth having the debate at some point as to whether or not we should have ripped it down to the studs at the end of 2015. Um, but we did. But you know what? Let's 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 just dwell on that for a moment. If you go back to 2015, at the end of 2015, I mean the the overwhelming consensus, the universal attitude, was that we needed to tear it down. Was that it was just so toxic? It was even worse than Ban Barty because of Johnny Manziel and because of everything that was going on with Ray Farmer and Mike Pettin and with <coughs> you know um. The controversies with Dowell Gaines, the quarterback coach, and uh, Kyle Shanahan. And everybody was just tear it down. Just tear this. Its roster is, is, is lousy. It's old and it's expensive. And it's and it's terrible. And we went 3-13 and that year. And so, okay, that was the, that, the universal consensus was that we needed to start over. So we did. Only we did it in probably the most spectacular fashion that that anybody could have gone with. Now, in, in, in hindsight, actually not even in hindsight, in foresight, I mean, I can tell you right now, I wanted us to draft Carson Wentz. Specifically, if we could have had our choice between the two, I would have wanted Wentz. I actually wanted either Wentz or Goff. I absolutely would have stayed put at number two, and I would have happily taken whichever one of those guys would have fell to us. That's what I would have done. That's what I said at the time. That's what I wrote at the time that I wanted us to do. But we didn't do that. And that we didn't do that does not, therefore mean that um, I should this is the way that I'm you know choosing myself to, to view this whole situation it doesn't really do me any good then to look at it and say well they should have done what I uh, wanted us to do wanted them to do and I feel wronged you know that that it didn't go down that way uh, it's particularly about Carson Wentz because he's you know you, you you watch as as you're watching us go to uh, o and 11 today as you're watching this futility, you know, in motion, you see this this goofy ginger over in Philly, a team that I loathe, incidentally, and they're talking about him as an MVP candidate because he's got he's quarterbacking the best team in the league, and and they and they easily demolish the Bears, and then you look at it, you just say, okay, we could we could have had that guy. Yeah, I know it's it sucks, it really does, but it really doesn't do any good to lament the fact that we, it, it it just doesn't. I, I'm it just doesn't. Because the, the the next thing about I mean, okay, Carson Wentz was there, we could have drafted him, we didn't draft him. Yes, that's unfortunate. But the very next thing to say about it is so what? And and I don't mean that from the standpoint Well, it just it means that the way that, that Sashi goes about developing, you know, evaluating quarterbacks and you know you know, they messed up, they made it okay, okay, fine. So what is the what's your solution? That we need to get somebody else in here to try to make that evaluation? I don't I mean, I, I haven't seen anything resembling a model that when our guys 
uh, you know, don't get it right after two years. We bring in another guy, and they do get it right. Works. I haven't. I've seen us try that. I have seen us try that. And the, and the other stat that I did have kind of had this. I think that we are now thirty four and one hundred and five. I believe is the record. I will. I, I will cite that one because that is the number. Um, that that is our record since the beginning of the 2009 season. Why is the beginning of the 2009 season relevant? Because the beginning of the 2009 season is when we began this stupid cycle that we are on, where we don't keep a coach or front office for more than two years uh, at a time. We don't keep the you know the combination of those things together. I think we had one front off. I think Hecker, Holmgren and Heckert reached uh, three years together, but even that was you know a, a weird deal because of the way that they were all kind of you know fused together at different times. Point is. Uh, the coaches haven't been there for two years. And now here we have, in the second year, uh, Coach Hugh Jackson, who, you know, said last year that he you know, he was going to jump in the lake if uh, we went through another 1-15. Right now, 1-15 looks pretty good to me. And it might not even happen. You know, a game like today, but I think it will. I, I still come away thinking that we're going to win a game. And I thought today was a game that we could have won. And I think that as we get into it, uh, we, we could have won uh, this game today. Didn't happen. But what, I, what I'm saying is that it, you know, the course that we chose was going to lead to this type of the type of year that we're having right now and the season that we're having last year. Now, it's possible that things could have broke differently for us and we could have had more success than we've had immediately in all of this. Uh, I think that they set it up to where we we gave ourselves a reasonable chance to to make some things work. It just didn't work out. We haven't gotten the lucky bounces. We've gotten a tremendous amount of unlucky bounces. We've gotten a lot of which, okay, uh, beca- because of that, and also combined with the fact that the 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 roster turnover has. I mean, you realize how many players have have been replaced on this roster since this uh, team has been taken over. I got I, I don't have the number right in front of me, but I'm th- I'm pretty sure it's in the seventy five percent range, if not more. And that's huge. That's huge. And, and most of those players are young first or second year guys. And so you have these mistakes that are made on a, on a you know, uh, a year to year or I should say a week to week basis where it's different crap. The thing is like I didn't even have this on my list, but the uh, the, the Bryce Treggs. I love this guy. And he he had kind of a, you know, penalty. and it's, you know, kind of ticky tack where he, he looked to be anyway, where he was just jawing at the guy. And then both of the refs went and uh, pulled their flags for taunting. You know, okay, that's a young player and stupid mistake. Um, but we got a lot of young players that make stupid mistakes, and those and it's not necessarily a judgment mistake like that. It's a mistake in missing an assignment, or being a half a step late, or whatever. We've been we've been dealing with that all year. We've been dealing with that for the last two years. And last year, it was a combination of you know castoffs left over from the pet farm regime, combined with you know the 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 first you know, step, uh, the first crack at, you know, putting talent on the roster. And, you know, this year is, you know, now basically all of, it's almost completely, you know, reshaped in the sashy Moneyball uh, image. But you have, you know, a lot of young players. So, again, I'm just saying all of this to say that I I had expectations that this was going to be a rough year. I expected it to be as rough as it has been. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, you know, I, I expected it to be a little bit better but I'm not that surprised. And just because of that, because of my expectations being what they are, because of what this whole thing was when it was taken over, it makes it 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 causes me to temper this whole thing when I start doing the analysis about, yeah, because it sucks, man. It I mean, I don't it doesn't here's the other thing about this. If I, if I come to talk to you about this, you don't really need me to tell you how bad it is. Right. I mean, you've seen the game. You know how bad it is. 
So for, if I'm just going to come on here before you know after every game, and this is by the way, this is not criticism or me complaining about uh, either uh, Thilo or Mantle complaining about or, or talking about the, the style. I just I'm just addressing it because I think that it is kind of a. Um, a, a, I don't know, say a misconception, but it's just maybe it's a it's a it's a way that I've uh, inadvertently branded myself as the, the the quintessential positive guy. I do tend to be optimistic. I do tend to I, I tend to be glass half full. I also try to be realistic, and if it's not working, it's not working. But I also think that today and today's game is you know kind of further uh, illustrative of that. Where you know if you're patient, you know sometimes I think you can see some some things. Um, you know, work out. I I think overall first first thing about today's game, Deshaun Kaiser. You know, again, probably played his best game after playing a, a terrible game last week against Jacksonville, where it really looked like he he regressed. You you, know, you could also say in that game you're playing a great defense. Okay, Bengals pretty good defense, right? I mean, they've, they've reputedly had a pretty good defense for the last couple of years. I look at the players that they have on that defensive unit, and a bunch of good players on it. So, you know, and they've been together for a while. So against a, a better defense today, um, or not, I shouldn't say a better defense today, but a, a better than than um, a, a better than average, I should I don't know. It's not a bad defense, but he looked better today. He looked better playing against a not bad defense. Uh, and, and so that's, in fact, I don't think that, that he committed any turnovers today. So that's, that's positive. Two out of the last three games, that being the case. Uh Okay, so that's that's fine. Was it enough? No, I mean because you had you had a lot of the same, uh, you know. And I try to kind of do this uh, in the order of kind of as I saw it throughout the course of the game. You know, first first drive, we uh, we take it down. You know, we we uh, score the field goal after getting it down close. And okay, you look at that and. Kaiser's had problems in the red zone. He he didn't have a problem this time to get the three points. All right, you, you go out, you score first to start the game, up 3 nothing. It's good ways to start the game. On the next drive, Breon Body Calhoun had, I mean, he had this thing. He had it in his hands. He could have he could have gotten an interception, which would have ended the drive, given us the ball at midfield, and who knows? Who knows? I mean, because this game is, you know, they say it's a game of inches. It's a game of plays, It's a game of and it's a game of missed plays, and it's a game of opportunities both... Um, you know, uh, 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 seized upon and others that are missed. And that was one early on. You know, he missed that interception. They go on to score a touchdown. And I, this is also something, you know, them going down to score a touchdown. I'm not, I'm not blaming that touchdown drive on Breon Body Calhoun. Um, but there is one thing about – there's kind of a snarky comment in, in the in the game, through, which I get it. People are just upset because, you know, team's lousy. But about you know the, the, you know hey, this defensive unit is really you know it's the, yeah we it's really good, yeah, but now people are going to start you know saying it's because the injury. Well, you have you have two guys. You have Jamie Collins and Emmanuel Ogba who were both Ogba was having a good year and Collins is a is a very good player and both of those guys are out. Yeah, it's it's going to affect what's been effective for this this defense. And one thing I, I noticed that the way that the Bengals were able to be effective with the ground game today. Uh, was very similar, it looked to me, the way that the, the Lions were able to be effective against us a couple of weeks ago. A lot of uh, um, kind of slower developing things that uh, and, and things are trying to ke- take advantage of us, trying to rush up field, being out of position. And they were able to get a lot of gappy-type things up the middle that way. And, uh, you know, hand it to them. They, they had a good, a, a good defensive game, a good offensive game plan against the defensive unit that we put out there. And uh, you know it, it worked for them. They were able to uh, rack up a bunch of yards on the ground, as did we. Uh, it's worth pointing out. You know, early on we went down and scored a field goal. The offense really moved the ball 
I, I mean, it really moved the ball for most of the day, other than that one drive that uh, Kessler was in the game. But Kaiser, I mean, moved the ball pretty much the whole game. Uh, there was just really a, a kind of a lull there in the second quarter, which, of course, of course, you know, we had we had an issue with uh, with with Gonzalez missing a field goal. That you know, that, that's 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 a killer, especially late in the game. You know, we're uh, you know, if if we're if we're late in the game, if we have that field goal. We're up by we're down by four instead of down by seven, and maybe we hold them to a field goal there. You know, it's it's again, it's it's a game of plays, and you have. You know opportunities that you miss and others that um, that that they took advantage of uh, throughout the course of the game, and then you have you know we're unable to finish the drives by getting into the end zone. We're, we're not even able to uh, you know to finish it with a field goal. Then you've got the um, the Bengals go and get a long uh, touch. They get a touchdown by Pac-Man Jones called back, which I'm happy about because I do not like Pac-Man Jones. But in the process, our punter gets hurt. Now, you wouldn't think necessarily that your punter getting hurt would be the most terrible thing, except for, guess what? <laughs> our kicker can't punt. And so his one opportunity to come in and punt, he shanks it. Bengals turn that into a touchdown. And these are the things... That actually, wait, that may have just been a field goal that they did um, on that. I may have the timeline, but I know it cost us points. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I'm pretty sure it was a field goal. There was also um, a very nice play in the first half that's noteworthy. It was the one where uh, it wasn't good form, certainly. It's not what you like to see. But, you know, Kid Zeppelin's back to pass, and he's got, you know, pressure coming at him. Uh, right up the middle, and he ends up, as he's throwing off his back put, he lofts it perfectly in stride to Corey Coleman, who makes the catch. It's a big, long play. That's the uh, the, the drive that we end up getting nothing out of because of the missed field goal. But still, it was, it was a nice play. <sighs> Unfortunately, there would be more about Coleman later on. But the as I say, the losing Colquitt, yeah, that's right, because the, 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 that did give uh, the Bengals a short field. But you know what was really nice? It was a really nice uh, thing to see today. Miles Garrett getting what I would consider, and this is probably not fair, uh, because he's a rookie. He's missed a bunch of uh, of games. Man, he looks good though. I mean, today's another game where he really looked. Uh, you know, he he looked like the first pick in the draft to me, and he had his first real. Uh, I would say in, in quotes, right? His first quote real sack, uh, whereas he he beat his guy. Not even around the edge. He beat his guy through the edge. He, he, he uh, uh, beat his guy in a bull rush and took down the quarterback from behind, which he's, he's gotten a lot of his sacks at this point have been, you know, hustle plays and, and so on, which, you know, he's going to have a lot of them before his career is over. But, you know, this was, it was good to see that. Is it, haven't, haven't had that happen. And it was about this time last year that Agba got his first one like that as well. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what that group is going to look like next year when they're both fully healthy and rested and on the field together at the same time with yet another year of experience. But, as I say, um, in this game, we're, we're still not there. <laughs> we're, we're still not to the point uh, where... But i got to tell you, one guy that has... you know, And, and this, is, this is the point, that got a lot of young players and a lot of them are are showing a lot of signs and and could end up being really good players a guy like Joe Schobert Schobert was all over the field today you know playing for really you know in a, in a stepped up uh spot with you know kind of filling in a lot for for uh, uh the the loss of Jamie Collins you know the guy is all over the field and that's 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 great i mean you see a guy like him and you think all right you know that there's a guy that uh, that we picked that 
and it looks like it's going to work out. Now, unfortunately, the guy that we picked uh, just a couple of picks before him, I think it was like eight or nine picks before him, Cod Kessler, I, look at – you know me and the whole three-year thing, and I, I'm which is I'm all about, you know, giving players, you know, three years and draft classes three years to, um, you know, determine if they are the – to give to to give a a a definitive projection on where I see them and and where and how they their career trajectory and what sort of players ultimately they're going to be is I think after doing it after one year is is and and even after two years is too soon. There are exceptions to the rule. Talked about this before. Not going to belabor the point. But Kessler is an exception, I believe, to this rule. And I'm just I'm. I don't know if it's the concussions that he got last year, but he's just gun shy. I mean, as soon as he comes in the game, you just you know that he's going to hold the ball too long and he's going to end up giving up sacks and uh, you're going to end up we're going to end up uh, giving up the ball and not being able to score any points. And so, anytime that he comes into the game, as I say, when he came into the game, I pretty much knew that it was over at that point. We're talking about ten minutes left in the second quarter and we're down by a touchdown. Uh, that's that's how that's how bad it's gotten. With uh, with the quarterback position, if if which which is to say, uh, you know whatever you want to say about Hugh Jackson, wh- what are you going to do? I mean, there really is not a viable option. I mean, we 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 thought. I mean, some people some people really some people really. I, I have to emphasize, they actually thought that Kevin Hogan would was uh, a serious option at the quarterback position. Okay, he played against Houston, had one of the worst starts I've ever seen, and uh, you know. Hasn't even has he? I don't even think he's been on the roster since that happened, and he wasn't on the roster again today. So Hogan's not the answer. Kessler's not the answer. Kaiser, eh, eh, probably. You know, I think that with a lot of people, it fluctuates week to week with him. And today, there's not really a whole lot from my perspective. Okay, my look, my my looking at this thirty thousand foot view. Okay, there's certainly some plays where you can look at it, and, and you'd like to have some of them back. And maybe a couple, but, but but realistically, he played a, he played a pretty good game today, and I'm not really unhappy with a whole lot that he did, and I'm you know I could certainly uh, find you know things you know, that he would need to improve on if he's going to be the future quarterback of the team and all of that. But I'm just saying you know compared to I think that it it is an encouraging thing if you are somebody that is holding out hope that Kaiser could. Uh, ultimately end up being the guy and for what it's worth he's not a terrible prospect I mean he's you know he's still got great size great arm you know athleticism and all of that and I think that we've also been been watching him grow as a quarterback from week to week I think that he he looks like a lot better player than he has looked uh, all year uh the, the last couple of weeks the, I'll say the last two of the last three weeks if you take the Jacksonville game out of the equation. Okay, you can't do that easy. You played the Jacksonville game. All right, fine. But look at what the um, the other uh, – well, just about anybody else has played against Jacksonville. Has anybody played well against Jacksonville this year? And Kaiser is a rookie. He played better than any of the AFC North quarterbacks. Okay, fine. They all had lousy games against uh, the Jaguars. So did the, so did the kid. I'm saying it's not for nothing that probably his two best performances have come two of the last three games when – you know they haven't been against really really stellar excellent defenses such as what uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars possess and that's um uh you know an encouraging thing 
irrespective of what we ultimately end up doing or should do with our our draft pick. Because here's the other thing about being 0-11. We're right there still with the first claim on the first pick overall next year. We're right there looking at uh, number one overall, which means we have our pick of uh, all of the prospects that are currently coming out. And I've talked before about this and and still opinions about where uh, they, they have been the last couple of weeks. With respect to the guys that I think are, are that are there, that I think are going to be there, that and and the order kind of that I like them all in. Um, I'm just saying whether we decide to go in that direction, draft uh, you know Baker Mayfield, sorry uh, Thelonious, or Josh Rosen or Lamar Jackson or whoever it is that you like. With the if you know if you like Sam Darnold and he comes out, I don't know that. First of all, I don't know if he's going to come out, and I don't know that he'd be better than any of those three that I just mentioned. But th- that's a lot, right? That's a, that's a lot to choose from, and we could get the guy that that we really, really like, possibly. Well, if that's the case, um, I think that we should do it, but I don't think that that necessarily slams the door on Kaiser. Now, what that means is you, you start the year next year with Kaiser as the quarterback, and you see... You know, right now, right now, as I'm <clears throat> as I'm uh, as I'm speaking, I have on the other screen the uh, the L.A. Yams, and they're going up against the Saints. And I'm looking at Jared Goff, who looked all sorts of awful last year, and looks like <clears throat> you know uh, he's another guy that's you know MVP you know discussion uh, type season he's having. Uh, which you know that it's it's amazing the sort of turnaround. But then he had that sort of talent. I'm not saying that Kaiser's going to make that sort of turnaround year one to year two, but Kaiser's got a lot of talent. And if he does make a significant, you know, turnaround and and uh, step forward in year two, well, then that's uh, that that would that would bode pretty well for us, no? And then even if and then at that point, whoever we do draft number one overall, if Kaiser's got a good is, is having a good year, then that dude just sits on the bench, and then we just and then we it, then we got it, look at that point if we got good quarterback play, I don't, know, I don't really see the problem with anything else here, and because we still, even if we do that. Even if we do that, um, we're still going to have the Texans, you know, their draft pick, whether or not it's a top 10 or not, it's going to be, you know, top 20. I think we can agree on it. Probably top 15. Yeah, we could probably we could probably agree on that, top 15. Okay, so you're still going to have a top 15 number one draft pick that probably, probably will end up getting traded down so that we can accumulate more further draft picks, you know, in future draft classes. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, that's going to that's gonna rub a lot of people raw. But I think that's just how we do it. I think that that's just how we we continue to you know uh, spend a lot of assets while growing them into the future, and uh, and I don't hate that strategy. But even but if we don't, right? But even if we do, we're still. I mean, this last year we did that, and we ended up with three first round draft picks. Uh, oh, and we're gonna mention all three of them uh, today. <laughs> but uh, you know, we could, and, and we still ended up with a with two uh, first round picks in this class, and we have accumulated you know three. Second, while well, we've we had a second round pick, we've accumulated two additional. So we've got five picks in the first sixty-five, uh, possibly six if we do have the number one overall. We could have and the, and the number one seed, if you will, for the draft, the number one picking order. We could have six picks in the top sixty-five this year, which is cr- ridiculous. But 
with those six picks, with all of the guys that we've already picked up, we could address every need that we have on this roster uh, and every want that we have and that we can go BPA all the way and get a whole bunch of really good players and even if and, and, and have options at the quarterback position if, uh, if, if kids – and I'm not – by the way, I'm not saying that this is what we should do or what I even want us to do. I'm just saying it's nice if we have that option. If Kaiser comes in next year and really shows a, uh, a, 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 a development – a growth like we've seen from these guys that I've mentioned, you know, already, you know, Wentz and, and Goff. And again, it's, it's, it's kind of perilous to put him in that same category because he was number 52, you know, and they were number one and two respectively. So I'm not saying that I expect it. I am saying it's possible. That's all. I'm just saying that it could happen. And if it does happen and he comes out next year and this team is just is just rocking and rolling on on offense especially if if we have uh you know Josh Gordon in the mix which I probably shouldn't you know get my hopes up on him until we actually see him in the lineup which I believe will happen a week from today if all goes as scheduled uh, it, along with whoever it is that we pick up in the offseason you know to uh play receiver for us you know you get some some uh some beef on that with the receiving core and I I got to you know mention here as I kind of got off a little bit on my uh, just talking about the way that we we have built this roster um you know because it, it started with you know Cod Kessler and how it really hasn't worked out for him I've been kind of defending uh uh Corey Coleman as you know somebody that I really thought was going to have and athletically I mean he really he beats people he does he beats people he beats defenses he can beat cornerbacks but man and he had that really nice play on the go route that Kaiser saw on the blitz read, and, and he got by uh, uh, Fitzpatrick, and he made the catch. But man, you got to catch that one, son. You got to catch the ball for the touchdown there, which would have made it a one possession game earlier. Uh, and, and it's just a um, well, no, it wouldn't have made it a one possession game. It just would have, it just would have given us the touchdown instead of settling for a field goal there. But it was just a, it was a it was a heartbreaker, and it, it, and, a, and a and a momentum killer. And you know, Corey Coleman is a guy that I, I'm really you know I say, I say this all the time that uh, you know wide receivers you don't need to have superstar wide receivers in order to have dynamic passing games. You need good quarterbacks. But I'll also add, and you need serviceable average wide receivers. You need guys essentially that won't drop a lot of passes. And Coleman, you know, he hasn't dropped a lot of passes, but that one in the end zone was just a killer. It was just a killer. Uh, but, you know, I've seen, you know, Josh Gordon has dropped passes like that. It happens. But if Corey Coleman is able to, uh, you know, to get it together and combine that with Josh Gordon, whoever else we bring along, you know, David Njoku made a couple of plays today. Uh, you know what? Got to, um, well, I'll, 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 uh, I'll get to that later on. Um, there is one guy that is an addition to the roster that was in the draft this year that seems to have a problem. Caleb Brantley is a guy that, you know, I, I was excited that we, we got him when we got him. He, this guy's got a problem with jumping off sides. I, it's been brought up by other people before. This, this, this is something that, he's, that he needs to work on or they, they need to trade him because it's a problem. I mean, we, we, we have these, and it was one, it was an issue today. I think we ended up getting out of it, but it was like a second and 13, and he jumps off sides. Now it's second and eight, and I'm like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. It's still second and long, but it does make a difference because then if they, if they you know, get four yards on second down, now it's third and four, whereas they do the same thing on, you know, in that other situation. Now it's, uh, you know, th- uh, third and nine. 
it's just different and it's just unforced errors and and uh, it's it's just a problem and another problem it happened again today is you getting burned on um, there was a screen pass to Mixon where it's just you see this thing get I mean you see it from a mile away you see it get, you see it get all lined up and then it goes for this massive gain and you're thinking how 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 is it that this happens I don't, and it's not even just. I'm not even really complaining. About, I'm just kind of now. I'm just kind of you know just extemporaneously complaining, just generally at the world about. It's not just Greg Williams. It was. It's every defensive coordinator that we ever have. We just seem to have these problems with screen passes, uh, and it burned us again today. And uh, it was you know just tremendously. But I, it also probably adds to it. This Joe Mixon kid is pretty good. He had a, he had a pretty good game against us overall. Um, he's a good. He's a good player. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I do recall the. Um, the uh, he was the one that had the video about him, uh, where he, he he punched the girl and that was you know, dropped his draft stock and, and kind of a lot of people root against him because of that. I wouldn't certainly count myself as not one of those people if you can un- unpeel that uh, triple negative as it were. But um, he 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 delivered in all f- all phases of the game today and just just beat the hell out of our defense, which was um, which was disappointing. Um, now, in in uh, going the other way, Duke Johnson, you know, did, you know, he, he's he's I think probably our best offensive player, uh, and certainly certainly our best running back. But you know what, Isaiah Crowell, jumping around here a little bit, maybe his best game of the year, but he's really looked good the last couple of weeks. You know, a Crow has had a a very uh, shaky year. This is contract year. You know, I mean, this is the year that. Uh, traditionally, when you're in your contract year, if you don't know what that means, that means that you're in your final year of your contract, and thus, if you go out and uh, have a a big year, then your team either is going to have to cough up a bunch of money in order to keep you, or you spurn the team in order to get a whole bunch of money out on the open market. And we see how that you know plays out with varying degrees of success. I mean, Crow has you know he struggled I think earlier in the year, but really over the last couple of games has has come on pretty well I think, and has shown you know quickness, uh, speed to get around the outside, and uh, you know even today some some toughness up on the inside, uh, pounding it up for tough yards on you know on, on uh, uh, second and third and short and so forth. So, I, I mean. The running back position, and and I don't know that we're going to keep him because he's a guy that, you know, we we probably could we probably could keep him, uh, on a, on a you know reasonable team friendly deal. I don't know that we're going to, but that's that's one of those positions. The running back position overall played played well today. The uh, the the quarterback position overall played played pretty well today. Other than when Kessler was in there, the wide receiver position. Uh, didn't play as badly as it has played, which is you know horrifically, horrifyingly bad. The offensive line, pretty uh, not good. The off- the offensive line may have had its worst game of the year. It, it, the offensive line may have um, you know they 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 were it was it was it was it was rough. Spencer Drango, uh, he he had um, he struggled. He definitely struggled against Carlos Dumlop. Uh, he struggled. Um, he, he struggled just most of the day, and and he wasn't the only one. The line, you know, late in the game, there was a play where you know we're still technically in the game. We go down the field, and and it's just a sieve. It just comes through. But you know, Kaiser, he held in there, and you know, with this team overall, even with the things that went are you know wrong today and last week and every week, they fight. This team still fights. And I'm I'm grateful for that. I'm um I, I'm I'm happy. Oh, you know this. 
this far into it. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Uh, uh, post, you know, uh, post haste. Appreciate, you know, uh, all of you out there, and I'm thankful for you, and I hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Just as I say that I'm thankful for the fact that the team fights. I'm thankful for all of you. But this team does fight. This team continues to go out there and give it um, a a a a, a full on you know a plus effort you know for for whatever that's worth, which I know isn't a lot for a lot of people, but they don't they they haven't given up on this on uh, on this they haven't given up at all. They still just you know haven't been able to make enough plays. I think they're going to at some point. Uh, the one thing that was nice was the the end of the first half. They didn't screw that up. That is that the first time this year they didn't screw up the end of the first half sequence. It may have been the first time this entire season. Maybe against the Colts. I think against the Colts, they didn't screw it up at the end of the first half, but that was only because they had given them like four free touchdowns or something in the second quarter. So they did okay getting you know out of the half, but they, they made up for it by just screwing it up in royal fashion prior to all of that. But I, I think that, okay, so that's again, you take your, your baby steps. And we were in this thing uh going into the second half and then you have as the the beginning of the second half you know starts you got you know the red zone defense has been a problem all year and then today it was it was showing up they were making some stops in the red zone which you know without Ogba without Collins these guys are out there fighting really tough play uh in the third quarter really was a was a was a backbreaker or, or was part of the the what you know turned ended up turning the the tide for the team well the other touchdown that was scored happened on a uh pass interference penalty on jason mccourty that really i mean it, it was I, i'm not, I'm not it, it, it could have gone either way and it didn't go our way and so um that's uh that's that they end up getting the touchdown immediately thereafter, and it was it wasn't over at that point, but it was really you know that, that really uh, made made the hill much much tougher to climb. And th- they got the touchdown, by the way, on tight ends who just this is this is this might as well be for as long as fantasy football is still going for the rest of this year. Uh, which, by the way, I'm <laughs> don't worry, I'll get back to this now. Third, you know, third generation into the layers of thought here. Um, but my this def- this year for fantasy. My, my two uh, kind of DBN-associated leagues, I finally started to make a late-season resurgency where I might, I'm making some noise. I might actually get into the playoffs, and I'd be happy if I do that. My other two leagues were just terrible, god-awful, but now I'm starting to play spoiler. And, and it seems like finally it's all starting to drop for me in the fantasy, and I might actually get my first um, uh, uh, all of them. Might, I might sweep in all of my leagues. Today. I haven't checked it for a while. I'm just looking at the people that are on my teams as they are performing throughout the rest of the league. But anyway, reason I bring that up is because if you are if you see a guy that is on the waiver wire that is playing against the Browns defense and he's a tight end, pick him up. Pick him up because he's going to score. He is going to score points against and I'm not just saying he's going to score fantasy points. I'm saying he's going to score touchdowns against our defense. It's going to happen. Do it. Do it. Hey, do it. You just I mean, it's it's just it's it's so facto at this point. So that happened today with uh, uh, Tyler Croft, and I kinda, I'm kind of pointing at myself on this because I have Croft on the bench in one of my leagues. I think uh, I, I took him out for um, Jimmy Campbell. But at any rate, um, the uh, the as I mentioned the um, the Corey Coleman drop that happened shortly thereafter. That was really, you know, they go down, they score a touchdown. We go down, and try to answer, and the the reason it's not just that it was a momentum killer. It was a perfect pass i mean it was just and kaiser 
Look, he has gotten a lot of justifiable criticism this year. I'm not going to say that he's been uh, great or even good. Uh, He's been bad, I mean, for most of this year. But, man, he has not gotten any help. Or he's gotten a lot of of uh, of, of of disluck, of unluck. He's got he's gotten a lot of unhelp, and that that dropped pass there. It's like man, if he if he catches that pass, that you know that might change the outlook of the entire game. But he didn't, it didn't, and the outlook of the game continued to be that we were going to end up losing it, which ultimately we did. But you know, a guy that also you know Coleman's a first round pick. Uh, mentioned Miles Garrett getting his first sack. Mentioned, uh, uh, kind of mentioned David Njoku. He 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 made a couple of plays today. He's been he's been kind of invisible the last couple of weeks, but he made a couple of plays today. And one catch in particular where he really uh, you know sold out for it, dove, made a nice. Play. It's it's good to see that. Um, and I, well, I mentioned uh, Emmanuel Ogba being hurt. Uh, he's not a first round pick, but he was the thirty second pick overall. The one guy that has been a huge disappointment this year has been Jabril Peppers. And I think that Jabril Peppers might have played his best game today, too. I think that he, you know, he's had a lot of, uh, and I'd have to go back and look, you know, it may be some of those big, you know, running plays were him not being in the right place, and that's why they occurred. But I saw him finally, you know, making, uh, you know, good contact with the receivers. He kind of got jobbed uh, late in the, and I was thinking this before that play at the end of the game. You know, he, he makes the contact, and Kenny, and Kenny, James Lofton, made a big point about how he he really did not think that it was a penalty the uh the uh, uh unsportsmanlike conduct late in the game i th- you know i i have seen i've been watching the league for so long that you know i who knows uh they i've seen it called i've seen it not called and that and that's and and more often than not the last couple of years you're going to see that play call but what are you going to do if you're if you're peppers the receiver has beaten the cornerback he's got the ball the only thing you can do is dislodge it so a 15-yard pass interference penalty is actually better than allowing him to catch the ball there. At least, at least he made the play. I'm going to give Peppers credit for making the play there. It's unfortunate that he wasn't also able to uh, not get the the penalty called on him because that was a uh, a third down play. We would have gotten the ball back uh, potentially with a chance to go down and tie it. That was a big play. But I'm not going to fault Peppers for making the play uh, because you know other it, and and him making that play is a good sign that he is growing and maturing as a player which is not something that i was you know i was not very enthusiastic that that was going well enthusiastic isn't that word i wasn't all that hopeful that it was going to happen i had kind of written peppers off which is not right of me i mean i'm usually a lot more patient uh, with players but he just y'all he looks so bad earlier this year and i you know I'm, i'm thinking that it's a mingo situation maybe maybe perhaps Possibly my anti-T-Fund bias was coming through. That's possible. That's it's, that's entirely possible. Those efforts. It's it's you know maybe that was the issue, but I just had I was not expecting to see uh, improvement, and I think that we've seen improvement from Jabril Peppers. Enough improvement to get the win? No, we lost the game today, and and ultimately there's no you know we lost the game today that we we were in. We could have had a chance to to, to go down and win, and kind of going through um, you know all of the things that led to it. Uh, set the valve gets hurt uh, later on. I don't remember him coming back in the game. Uh, we have a third and one situation, you know, late in the game, and this is this ends up being a play that we end up and we we have third and one. And by the way, that sequence was exactly um, what you would expect. We got we we got I believe it was a pass play 
that got us the nine yards, or it might have been you know, Crowell running the ball because he was getting he was getting gash plays all afternoon. But we have a second and one situation, and I am always in a second and one situation. This is some some uh, some maddening <laughs> if you're if you're into such things, because um, I, I agree with the Matt Wood model that you know guys that that play Madden um, just kind of know what to do in just about every given scenario. And uh, believe me, a second and one scenario is a scenario. It's one that it's very conducive for play action fake, throw it deep. Because if you if it's incomplete, all right, you have you come back to a third and one. But the reason that that's significant is because on a third and one, you should be able to just run it over left guard or right guard and get the first down. We've got a six foot four quarterback that should have been you know, and we ran you know a quarterback sneak effectively. I don't know if it was before or after that, but it was within this game. But no, instead we try to pass the ball and we end up getting sacked on a third and one. At about the, I don't know, somewhere the circa 30, 40 yards. So we end up having to punt the ball. Just a, a terrible sequence there. And a killer. Uh, and in a game like this, you know, against a better team, a team that's more established with a better quarterback, you know, all of that, you know, you just can't give them extra opportunities and you can't not take advantage of the, of the opportunities that you have, especially because it wasn't like they made a great play. I mean, yeah, they had the plays covered, but... You know, Kaiser, for as good as he played today, he's got to get rid of the ball there. He's got to throw it away and, and, and learn, you know, and, and uh, live, to, live to go for it on fourth and one. And on fourth and one, guys, don't get cute. Just dive over. Just have Kid Zeppelin just jump over everybody for a first down. And then you keep the drive going. Um, we did have, you know, the uh, a, uh, a very nice uh, – by the way, uh, I want to mention, too, you know, after all that happens – uh, I think Breon Body Calhoun, he he missed that interception on the first drive of the game, which you know that that could have changed our fortunes, you know, significantly. At the end of the game, he gets um, well, and and it, this this ended up being okay because the drive did not end in a score for uh, for the Bengals, but he gets kind of uh, wrongly uh, tarred for not having caught what probably. The way the as he caught it and as his momentum was going, he probably would have ran into the end zone for a pick six, a tying pick six. Um, but if you look at it, the, it was really a better defense. It was just a good defensive play because the ball was high. He would have had to have made a. He, he probably would have had to been in a better position to jump and make a catch as opposed to as he was running, be able to reach up in the air and grab it. Uh, it, it would have been very, very difficult for him to do that. Kind of unrealistic of an expectation. Um, so it was just a, I, I think that the first one, the first interception, or the first, um, it ended up being a pass defense uh, earlier in the game. That one was a legit play where you could say, okay, he should have caught that. That was a dropped interception. But the second one, late in the game, I can't really call that a dropped interception because that was just, you know, the way that that, that whole thing was going. He, he made, he got his hands on the ball. He made the play. Yeah, he could have made an interception possibly, but it would have been a great catch. And I'm not really going to ever get too upset if uh, a defensive back doesn't make a great catch. Because, as they say, this is this is the oldest, you know, any time that I – really any time that I see a defensive player drop a pass, the first thing – and I forget who it was that said this. It was an old coach at some point, but it's like, hey, if they could catch, they'd be playing offense, which is true. If you're playing – as you start off, if you, could, if you can catch the ball, you'll be playing on offense. And if you don't catch the ball but you're really athletic, then chances are <laughs> you, uh, you, you, you can play on defense. 
And so uh, I can't really get too upset about that. It was a great play, and we end up, you know, being able to go down. And I got to say, on that, our best drive of the year, our best uh, offensive drive of the year went like 16 plays or 15 plays and uh, ended with uh, Kid Zeppelin getting the touchdown there. Two things about that drive that I want to – other than the fact that Zeppelin made a lot of plays. He really – he made a lot of good plays on that on that drive. But the one of them that he made, but also he, he did get bailed out by the – I don't know, by the one guy that you wouldn't expect, I guess. Kenny Britt made – I mean, the play of the year for him. He And maybe the play of the year for this entire wide receiving core. The, the ball was a rocket coming out of Kaiser because he's under pressure. And he sees the, the route developing. He gets it out hot on a rope over the middle and high. And Britt catches the ball, leaps into the air, catches the ball you know, with his hands, outstretched arms, in stride, continues to run for another good you know, 20, 25 yards. It was as elegant and a thing of beauty. It is absolutely what you would expect out of a first-round wide receiver prospect, which Kenny Britt was a first-round wide receiver. He was drafted in the first round a lot of years ago. And that play is the type of play that you look at and you say, that's what a first-round wide receiver does. For whatever reason, we have not gotten that Kenny Britt this year. We haven't gotten anything close to that this year until today. But for as much uh, criticism, righteous criticism, as he has garnered for his you know poor play and poor effort uh, for most of this season, got to hand it to him. On that play, it was all effort, and it was a tremendous play, and so that's good. I hope that we see some more of that, you know, as the season. You know, what wouldn't it be the most? Um, you know, uh, you could see this happening now if we get Gordon back and Coleman back, and Britt ends up being our best wide receiver for the last like four or five games. I know some people are like, you know, just slam the podcast off when I hear that, but I'm saying, you know, weirder, stupider things have happened to us. Um, oh, oh, this is also this is crucial. Really enjoyed the fact that at the end of the game, uh, Kaiser, when he scores the touchdown, you know, he kind of varied his speed on his touchdown skip. You know, he does this kind of old school, um, you know, the, 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 old, the old kind of sideways jump off the ground, you know, sideways and click your feet together dance move that used to be, you know, popular in like the 40s and the 50s in uh, typical uh, uh, dance numbers. Well, Kaiser does that. That's his celebration dance, which I think, which I think is great. Uh, but at the end of the game, it was like, okay, we're still down by a score. It's not really time to, you know, to to be uh, hot dogging it. So he did that, but he kind of did it like at a varied speed. He kind of like only jumped halfway up. I kind of appreciated that. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do the touchdown. I'm going to do a celebration. But I'm going to vary the speed a little bit because it's, you know, we're we're not we're not celebrating just yet. Um, I just, you know, I want to hand it to the kid. He played, you know, a, a decent game today for uh you know for for a tough 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 year that he has had and was, I mean, was it a good game no i'm not saying it was a good game i'm saying it was probably his best game of the year or maybe or or close to it and so that's something to build off of and um you know and hopefully hopefully that can be improved upon even more and it will ultimately lead to a a w as the uh, season progresses and next week we have a very hot Wow, a very good-looking San Diego Chargers team. So uh, you know we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to bring, which is the team, which is the rematch of the only win that we had last year on Christmas Eve. So uh, you know we we will um, we'll see if maybe it uh, we can maybe we either have their number or if uh, we just have improved to the point where we can actually beat a, a decent team. Uh, we'll you know we'll see. 
I, uh, I I mentioned earlier I wanted to talk briefly uh, before I close it out here about the the college football playoff. Ohio State getting it done, doing what they had to do, beating uh, the University of Michigan T Fun, as I not so affectionately refer to them. They uh, they therefore now at this point this makes the whole thing a lot. They're, they're a two loss team, and I got to be honest with you, people. I, I don't you know when when I see two loss Ohio State I pretty much got to to view any scenario that involves them not making the uh, the playoffs as as the right one I'm honest with you. I mean it's not just that they lost two games they got destroyed by Iowa I mean Iowa beat the hell out of them they embarrassed them and I don't think that when you are embarrassed especially within your own conference I just don't think that you. I, I don't. Th- I think that unless, and at this point, it would have to be Alabama winning. All right, them then knocking out Auburn and Georgia would have made it a, a scenario where, okay, there really are not any uh, one-loss conference champions here that that would qualify as being better than Ohio State. Um, and. At this point, Alabama is a one-loss non-conference champion. And without getting too far ahead of myself, the uh, and actually I'm going to, as I'm talking to you, as I set this up, I'm going to uh, reset the rankings because I want to make sure that I have the latest college football rankings. Because what I was looking at earlier was the the rumored uh, what everybody thought it was going to be. So right now, as things stand, you have Clemson number one. They are 11-1. and one. They're going to play Miami, who lost. And so they drop. Uh, Oklahoma is number two. They have one game left on their remaining schedule. And I don't believe they even play. I, they still don't play a championship game out there at the Big 12, right? So that, that's, 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 that, I believe, for the third year in a row, will end up being a benefit to uh, the Sooners. Now you've got Wisconsin number three. This is the thing. If Ohio State beats Wisconsin... And if, I mean, if, if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, I mean they're gonna they're gonna be in the dance. There's no there's no doubt about that. But if Ohio State wins, they're gonna knock Wisconsin down. They're gonna they're gonna go ahead of Wisconsin. Right now, the Buckeyes are at number eight. Um, now, where that lands, everybody remains to be seen. Auburn right now is at number four, having just beaten uh, Alabama. And congratulations to the Auburn Tigers. You know, War Eagle for y'all. I, I'm, I'm, uh, and, and Manley is, you know, he's he's an alum and he's you know huge fan of uh, of uh, the Tigers and what they do. So I'm, I'm congratulations to him personally and to and I don't really, I mean, I don't have that much of a dog in the fight other than I do like to see Bama um, knocked off whenever they that possibly can happen. So. Uh, by the way, as I'm as I'm sitting here, uh, Alvin Kamara, whew, man, I was gonna grab him in all of my fantasy leagues earlier in the year, and I didn't. And I wish I would have because I knew this guy was gonna be awesome. Man, is he whew, he is such a, a an electric player for uh, for the New Orleans Saints. At, at any rate, didn't mean to get sidetracked there. Just saw a big long touchdown run against the Yams, and I'm like, I gotta <laughs> just mention he's he's a really really good player, but. The Tigers right now are number four, and they and uh, right now you've got the SEC locking up four, five, and six. The Hurricanes, Miami is at number seven, and the Buckeyes are at number eight. Obviously, and Penn State's at nine, but we beat Penn State. We, we as in uh, the Buckeyes beat Penn State. So the way that this is all going to shake out here, 
is you've got Clemson is going to play Miami. Now, I you know I haven't been able to independently verify this, uh, but I do believe that Clemson is playing Miami in the final regular season game for both of those teams. And both of those teams right now, incidentally, are one-loss teams. Miami is 10-1, and Clemson is 11-1. and <clears throat> They also um, are their the, the, the records that they have are the records that they have within their conference, right? So they have identical records. So this, um, and incidentally, the game that they are playing um, is a prelude to the the ACC championship game. This is where I'm, I'm, I'm almost sure about this, but somebody could correct me if I'm wrong. But I do believe that no matter what happens, no matter who wins between Clemson and Miami, they're going to play each other again because they're in uh, the opposite parts of the respective conferences within the ACC, and they are, they are already each of those uh, division champions. They, they've already won the divisions within their conference. So... <clears throat> Does that make sense? So they, they're already. It's like if uh, if if um, the the uh, playoffs. It would be like if a team had already won their division in uh, the NFL, and it wouldn't necessarily matter um, the final game, except for in this case, it does because both teams are in contention right now for a a playoff bid. And realistically, if one of the this is where it gets kind of interesting, because Auburn and Georgia are going to play. Whoever wins that game is going to knock the other one out of this conversation. Um, the same thing is true with Miami and Clemson. They're not both going to make it. But they could both knock each other out. This is what I'm getting at. They both are one-loss teams. I, As I say, I believe that no matter what happens this weekend when they play each other, that they're going to end up playing each other again for the ACC championship. And if that's the case then that means that they could split. And if they split, and I don't even care who wins, although I'd like it to be Clemson just because I I hate the Hurricanes, but if they split, then that would essentially knock both of them out. And if that were the case, you'd be looking at, because that would mean that both teams would have uh, two two losses on their resume. Uh, even though whoever would end up, which is to say, whoever would end up being the conference champion for the ACC would have a two-loss record. And as the the history of the NCAA shows, you know, throughout, if you've got two losses and another team has two losses, if you got your second loss more recently than the other team got their second loss, then that usually works in their favor. I don't know that it's fair. It's just the way that it is. So that's another way that the, what I'm saying is that right now you've got. Uh, Miami and Clemson are two teams that are ahead of the Buckeyes. One of them is going to go away. You've got Auburn and Georgia are two teams that are ahead of the Buckeyes, and one of them is going to away. It's going to go away. Wisconsin goes away if Ohio State beats beats them in uh, the Big Ten championship game, and that leaves Alabama. See, Bama winning the Iron Bowl and going on to win the SEC championship that would have made everything a lot easier. Um, and, in, and in fact, maybe there's still a ray of hope here because uh, th- because now at this point they uh, they don't they're not even going to participate in the SEC championship game, meaning that whoever wins between Auburn and Georgia is going to get uh, the, because a a, a two loss Auburn team 
that right now is number four and that just beat Alabama after beating, um, you know, if you're if you are a a uh, number four team that also beat number five and six when they were number one in the country in the last two weeks, uh, you know, you've done that. And oh, by the way, you didn't get boat raced by Iowa. Then yeah, you you deserve to be uh, ahead of the two loss Big Ten champion. And that would that would happen if they if they beat the Bulldogs, and I think they will. Then they're in there. They're definitely uh, in there in in the tournament. Um, w- w- again, where it gets sticky is that oh, I mean, and I think Oklahoma. And again, I'm not sure what if they do have a, a championship. Oklahoma's going to win it, so they're going to they're going to end up being there, uh, assuming that. Clemson does what I think they're going to do, and they win both games against Miami, then they're going to be there. So that essentially takes care of three of your spots, and the last one is going to go to either, if Ohio State wins, the two-loss Big Ten champion, or Alabama, a one-loss non-conference champion. And really, what would be the justification for giving it to Alabama, other than it's just their Alabama? But I'm saying... I would still be I, – I, I think that any scenario where Ohio State – it's kind of like that hit by Peppers late in the game today. Yeah, he didn't deserve to get the flag. But you know what? He's played so badly this year that he kind of deserves it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's just – maybe that's not right. It's just maybe karma. But I just kind of um, – that's just kind of the way that I see it. At this point, um, I, I, think that, I think that the Buckeyes are going to beat Wisconsin. Uh, we'll see. And of course, if, if you know Wisconsin makes all of this moot, they if they they would knock out Ohio State, they would um, claim that they may go all the way to number one. They may get the first seed if they were to win the Big Ten uh, and beat Ohio State. But that would definitely end it. Then the SEC championship, the SEC champion gets it. The um, <clears throat> Oklahoma gets it, and then the SEC champion. I'm sorry. Then the ACC champion gets it, unless. Uh, as I say, you have the scenario where Clemson and Miami split, in which case both of them end up with two losses. And in that case, it would be uh, probably uh, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, uh, let's say Auburn, and Alabama, meaning that your very first contest would be uh, Wisconsin and Alabama. And then you'd have Auburn and Oklahoma. That'd be pretty good. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But... Um, we shall see. And we shall see what uh, shall transpire between uh, our, our beloved Roaring Chalmers between now and uh, next time as they uh, will will uh, go back to the drawing board and try to come up with something to get that first W of the season as uh, unable to make it happen today, losing to uh, the Bengals, uh, what was it, 30 to 16? And, uh, you know, so once again, the spread is covered if you are gambling out there. Well, um, I appreciate you listening every week. I certainly hope that you've uh, enjoyed this. Hope that uh, it, it's, it provides something to you on a week-to-week basis, or if it's the first time that you've heard it, hey, let me know what you think. Send me you know, in the comment section. You can argue with anything that I've talked about here. Tell me that I'm all wet, that I'm stupid, that I'm a fool for uh, not immediately condemning everything that we are doing and have ever done as uh, members of this team's fan base. Um, or if you think, hey, you suck, I could do a better job, you know what? I'd love to hear you. I would love to hear you. And uh, you could just send me a note, easyweave at gmail.com, and uh, hit me up. We'll, uh, we'll, 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 get you, we'll be happy to hear your voice talking about these Cleveland Browns. Until next time, 
I am Easy Weave here on the DBN Network. We are Browns fans talking to Browns fans. And until next time, have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Good luck. God bless. See ya. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.